Do not try to escape. You are in my control. Look at me. I am the sum of all evils. Look carefully. My power infests all times, all galaxies, all dimensions, but many still seek me out. <laughs> Welcome to Nerdstocking. Tonight we're talking about heavy metal. So Chad, do you prefer poison or Pantera? Um, neither. I'm just not a hair hair metal. I'm not a hair. Are they even metal? They're not metal. <laughs> really? Pantera? Maybe, pa- I don't know, Pantera? I just needed two P words. Pantalone. <laughs> Pantalones. Pantalone. The pantalone. <laughs> pantalone. <laughs> no, I was never much of a metal guy. Do you like Sabbath? Yeah, are they metal? I like Black Holy Sabbath. Smokes. You got a very narrow. I, I think of them as hard rock. Really? When I think of metal, I think of bands like uh, Anthrax. Oh, there we go. Right, that's what I should have said. So, <laughs> like, I like punk, exploited. It's, it's my language, man. But no, like metal. Hmm. Did you say poison? And who did you <laughs> poison say and poison? Poison. Pan- Every- Heavy pant- rose has a thorn. Sounds like metal to me. <laughs> And Pantera. <laughs> I th- always thought Pantera was the the bakery. <laughs> you know, I don't understand. Like, <laughs> I could never understand when I was listening to like hardcore punk, people who who, who listen to like metal. Yep. And bands like Iron Maiden and oh, Iron Maiden. Like right. you know, they're all kind of like just wussy, just rock. Metallica just, is like just lame. hard rock, right? Yeah, they're just hard. They're, some of them are not even that hard, you know. Like, exploited is hard. Screwdriver hard, mm. you know. But that's not what we're talking about. No, tonight we're gonna light a bowl and talk about the cult animated film Heavy Metal. But first, before you start wondering why your fingers are so long, or if it's been too long since you blinked, I'll remind you to like and subscribe this podcast on whatever platform you use to listen to it, and to head on over to nerdstocking.com to check out our social media links episode catalog and much much more but wait what else you get chad and all those videos on youtube not to mention all that original content and all that other shit that we put up there for some reason you own a store don't you chad you should, I be, do. be, should be better promoting oh yeah <laughs> you should be like, cards.com yeah, you should be oh yeah like the money what's that guy the money nobody guy? <laughs> oh, he's gone. oh yeah it's oliver jewelers oh yeah Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. He thinks he's the um I'm the cash man. <laughs> Give you money. <laughs> when Kate was a baby, she'd sit in her, her little chair yeah. and bop to the cash man. Oh <laughs> Every time I the video want came your up. money, cash man. They played it uh once at the theater. Yeah, just the, everybody laughed. <laughs> it's terrible. Like, what the fuck? That's all you heard all through the <laughs> all through the theater. Go to YouTube and look up Cashman if you want to. That's right. Maybe we'll find we'll, it. We'll try to put it on our website. Maybe we'll do one. We'll do a Cashman for our ads. That's right. Ads we're going to throw into these podcasts. Like ads for ValhallaCards.com. Oh, yeah. CanadianCultureThing.com. That's right. Hey. Yeah, but make sure you subscribe. Really, really. Please. Please yeah. subscribe. Like and subscribe and all that stuff. Bill will come over and mow your lawn if you subscribe. That's why they call me the lawnmower man. <laughs> Is that, do they? It's not, not just because I uh, 
like Stephen King. And you're omnipotent of some, you know, <laughs> you've gone into the ethereal plane. Yeah, yeah exactly. So heavy metal, uh, really the ultimate stoner movie. I can't vouch, Was it? I can't vouch for Chad, but uh, I'm not high right now, but I don't know. Maybe Chad is. Was going to watch that movie, but, but then I got high. <laughs> you know, I'm not a, I'm not much of a stoner. Yep. And I never actually, you say that, but I, I never really thought of it as a stoner movie. Really? I, I liked Heavy Metal Magazine and mm. continued to buy it for years and years and years. Yep. And uh, some great art. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Comic book. And the great as a kid. It's yeah. like the kid's version of Playboy. That's right. All those, all those <laughs> nude pictures. Women with giant cans. But it's like, uh, I, th- I just thought of that film as, you know, cult wonder film, you know, like it was, I never thought of it as a stoner film. Really? Yeah. Not like. That's because you're not a stoner, I guess. Maybe. <laughs> I think it's become one. Like I remember seeing it. It's again, it's another Burford theater film because I saw heavy metal in 1981 at the Burford theater in Wyerton where I grew up. And you were really, really high. I was not high because in 1981, (laughs) I don't know. Are you high now? It's like 12. (laughs) My fingers, man. Look at your fingers. What? You weren't smoking dope yet at 12? Why don't we have six fingers? Especially in the country. I was smoking cigarettes, maybe, but not. Uh, wait, my mom listens to this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. I remember being eleven and somebody saying, "Oh yeah, we should get some weed." <laughs> and I was like, "My mom has some <laughs> in the garden." And then the next thing you know, those kids went and told their parents, and then you know gave my mother a hard time. Really? Yeah, we were in the like in the woods, Chad. That's on fucking, Vancouver Island. That's bullshit. Totally. You were in Vancouver Island and this happened? Yeah. Oh, in a, my God. In a cabin you, in the middle of nowhere. You ran with a bunch of squares, man. It's like a bunch a, of narcs. Crazy. <laughs> and they were all big talk. Oh, yeah. We were all smoking cigarettes. That's the craziest thing. Let's go get some weed. Oh, my mom has some. Oh. Fink, fink. Real, real. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> That's a terrible story. Damn Thanks for starting uh, our, <laughs> our discussion of heavy metal with such a downer. You, wow. You're harshing my buzz, man. <laughs> Am I harshing your mellow? You're harshing my <laughs> mellow, man. So yeah, made in 1981, produced by Ivan Reitman, who from Ghostbusters fame. Sounds although, like, even though he sounds like a Nazi. <laughs> Ivan Reitman? Ivan Reitman. <laughs> Ivan Reitman. I have the artwork we stole from heavy metal right here. Yeah, Ivan Reitman sounds like a German-Jew kind of hybrid, right? Isn't that weird? Mm. Ivan, more Russian, I guess, not German, really. It cost $9 million to make, which is uh, kind of on a lower end. Really? Yeah, well, f- I looked it up in Fox and the Hound. The Disney film of that mm-hmm. year was yeah. $12 million. So it's made a little bit on the cheap for a feature-length animated film. Does that not surprise you? surprises me that animation caused that much money back then. Yeah. I, I wonder what the price of weed was at the time, but it seemed like those guys were smoking a lot of it, so maybe that was a maybe large line item of the budget. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe a cocaine, too. Harold Ramis. Like, all the SCTV guys were voices in it. Eugene yeah, John, Levy, John, John Candy has a multiple roles. Uh, Joe Flaherty has a pretty prominent role. He's got a few voices, I think. It was the kind of movie where they had the same, they had a bunch of guys and they just had them be like nine different characters each. Yeah. Um, 
It made $20 million. If you adjust for inflation for 2018 from 1981, that's $54 million. So it was not really a hit. Probably if you put in, I don't know if there even, there, maybe there wasn't a lot of promotion, a promotional budget, but maybe a, a mild moneymaker, right? For Columbia, I think who released it. Um, well, it comes out of sort of, it's it's like out of left field, right? Because it's an anthology. Yeah. It's an animated film for adults only. Yeah. And off of magazine that is <laughs> off the, you know, it's counterculture, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, a movie like this, I love looking back at movies like this because it's a relic of its time, right? Yeah. Like that is unmarketable these days, right? An animated adult film, unmarketable. But what's funny is things are kind of coming around because you've got just last year you had Deadpool, you had Logan, you had these superhero films, uh, which were R rated. So in that regard, it's kind of coming around, but I still don't think you're going to get like a Ralph Bakshi or, you know, these guys who made heavy metal that you're going to get something like that. And, an animated film for adults, well, which is and really, it's, and it's everything. It runs the gamut, right? It's sex. It's super violent. You know, it's got drug use. <laughs> it's like, like it's the trifecta of films that you would go as a kid that would kind of corrupt you. Well, this, yeah. and, and today, if it were being made, it would only have the violence. <laughs> sex would be gone. Isn't the, that hilarious? The drugs would be gone. Isn't that funny? It's horrible, right? Like, And what's the worst part of those three? Yeah. What's exactly. the worst thing, right? Exactly. Well, <laughs> you know, like heavy metal was also sort of the last of its kind. Yeah. It wasn't the first, it was the last. Yeah. And so you had Fritz the Cat, yeah. uh, which came out in the mid 70s, I guess. I think American Pop actually came out that year in 1991. It came out Bakshi. that year too? That was Bakshi, right? And that's a great movie. You know, I didn't see it until only recently, that one. Right. Uh, and that was pretty awesome. Right. Um, you know, yeah. you had in the middle there, you had, uh, well, there was Fritz the Cat, there was Shame of the Jungle, which was the Tarzan one. Yeah. With the queen with the nine tits. Yep. But uh, after that, it started like, it came back down to like the Nelvana films like Cosmic Crisp, Cosmic Crisp, holy fuck. <laughs> Easy to write, hard to say. <laughs> Cosmic, Cosmic Christmas. Christmas. It's easy to say, really. Um. Yeah. Devil and Daniel Mouse, Rock and Rule, and they were all kind of on the verge. Even um, uh, uh, American, what did you just say? American Pop. American Pop. Well, that's you know. Bakshi, right? So that's like all bets are off, right? He's the got to be the most interesting guy ever working in animation, right? He mm -hmm. made some of the greatest stuff. But then I think that Heavy Metal was like, hey, let's bring back the sex and violence again, and it was that it was the last time ever. <laughs> Right, it was just like no, because it cost nine million and only made twenty million. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so the actors got paid. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe not. Um, it did, although it did become a cult hit over the years. Like I said, ex although you're you're aghast at this idea, but especially with stoners as a stoner film, just smoke a bowl and watch heavy metal. You've never I, heard? I just watched it straight. I I just liked it. I think people do that, Chad. Do they? I think people have done that. You know what's funny? Like, like one of my observations about heavy metal yep. and the way I remember it. Yep. And I've seen it, I don't know, dozens of times. Yeah. yeah. The uh, First of all, I love the fact that John Candy plays the the the, the big, uh, handsome, muscle guy with the bald head in the last story, right? And knowing that John Candy's a big, overweight, you know, guy, to get, he plays this, this role. Yeah. He must have had a lot of fun with that. Yeah. But in... 
Is it the last one? No, no. John Candy's in the second. Yeah, it's the second one. Second one. The last one is the one in the courtroom, right? No. Isn't that the trial? No. Which one is that? That's the second last one. No. That is middle. Captain Stern. Stern! You're nothing but a low-down conniving worm. So in that one... Stern, the guy, yeah, isn't, Stern. isn't he? Stern is the guy rolling the ball back and forth. No, that's Hanover Fist. Hanover Fist is the guy. <laughs> yeah. He looks just like. Fuck, I don't know. What's the Speaker of the House in the United States? Uh, Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan. He looks exactly <laughs> like Paul Ryan. I think Paul Ryan looks more like uh, Eddie Munster. Well, that's true too. <laughs> but I always think of whenever I'm watching. I always uh, have that sound. How about that song in my head whenever I see him? Whenever I see Donald Trump, that yeah. big motherfucking carrot ass wipe down yeah. the yep. down south there. Uh, whenever I see him speak, and you see that fucking uh, what's it, Paul Ryan in behind, behind him? him? Yeah, the State of the Union or whatever. Like laughing. You got Pence, the guy carved out of fucking Mount Rushmore on yeah, one side. Who won't be won't be in a room with a woman unless his wife is present. <laughs> It's like either he yeah. likes three ways or the, he's just fucked in the head. Or like at the Olympics, you've got a historic, a kind of out of left field at the last minute um, participation of North Korea, right? Yeah. Which is, you got to say that's good, right? Yeah. No matter what. It's a step sure, in the right direction. Sure, it's hopefully. propaganda. It's them propping them up. It's them maybe stealing a little bit of thunder from South Korea. I think that's a pretty good sacrifice considering w- what fucking is going on over there in North and South Korea. And then you got Pence going in there, opening his mouth saying, Oh, that's not right. What they're doing and giving them shit. Like you're a fucking politician. Well, and they got shit stood wit. up, eh? Yeah. Yeah. They stood them up. They're like, fuck you. Yeah. And they're, that's all you're doing is fanning the fucking flames, man. Like be a fucking swallow your, whatever it is, prejudice or whatever. You're, Swallow that hate. jizz you've got hiding in the corner of your mouth that you're saving for later. Just swallow it. No. Yeah, you got me on, going on on pence. <laughs> but anyway, Paul Ryan. Every time I see those that that Animal footage, fish. Stern. I always think saying of that? him. I always he's think gonna, of heavy metal. He's gonna turn into a big guy. Yeah. Stern. I'm gonna get you. That's good. Stern. He's nothing but a lowdown, double dealing, backstabbing. Larcenous perverted worm. Hanging's too good for him. Burning's too good for him. He should be torn into little bits and pieces and buried alive. I'll kill him. Kill. Um, you already mentioned it's based on the. It actually was a started as a French magazine. Called uh, heavy metal, no metal herlong. <laughs> I don't know. I guess that's right. Well, a lot of the stories, like uh, one of the art, I guess the artist who did Tintin, I think he had a regular run because okay. Heavy Metal was a magazine that went. Uh, it was it was uh, quarterly mm. for the most part, mm-hmm. and uh, so they would have some people would be back recurring stories. And there's one the artist who did Tintin. I think that he had a regular thing in that too right well it was a big um i think it was founded by mobius right and uh, he's a great artist i love looking at his stuff his his artwork is very dense it's got ton like a world he builds these huge worlds with tons of shit going on people will be walking down the street and it'll just be this fucking streetscape of you'd sit there you know perfectly to be high 
He'd sit there and just find each piece that he's built out of this world. And like you have, you can build a whole little world in just an inch of frame. Right. What I used to love about heavy metal was always the street scenes and the, 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 the vision of science fiction that you'd often see, but on the street. Yeah. Right. Like in Blade Runner as well. What year was Blade Runner? 82. Yeah. So it was everything (laughs) except for its boringness to heavy heavy metal. metal, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure the cyberpunk uh, aesthetic probably came out of heavy metal. Um, I also know that heavy metal, the movie, is something that Elon Musk has probably seen about 100 times because he just sent a sports car with a space guy driving it out into space, and that's how heavy metal opens. That's right. Is the sports car comes out of the bottom of like a space shuttle and goes into the atmosphere and lands on the ground. So and there's good on you, Elon Musk. Great reference. I like that. Spend a hundred million dollars to make a heavy metal reference. <laughs> That's awesome. It was a good movie. I, you know, I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen it now in a few years. Yeah. But uh, I always like the, I guess the taxi one. Yeah. Well, there's the a, one. there's a, um, a wrapping sequence where there's a green glowing orb called the Lochnor. Mm-hmm. And it describes itself as the embodiment of all evils. And, uh, it's threatening a girl in her house, and he's he, the uh, Lochnar is like, look deep, deep into me and see how I have terrorized the universe or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And then it goes into all these stories. You've got uh, Harry Canyon, which is the opening one, where he's a taxi driver in New York and some pretty far flung future. A great segment. Yep. It's like it's like Raymond Chandler noir. It reminded me of the show Taxi. Oh, yeah? More than Taxi Driver. You know, you take that, you move it to the future, you put a death ray in the back seat. (laughs) Well, exactly. (laughs) The guy is like that. He's like a cabbie. Like the actor who did that role and the the character animation of that guy is just like, yeah, New York, what a dump. (laughs) You know? (laughs) It's like a cabbie. He's like Travis Bickle. That's right. Yeah. He's like... What was the uh, the uh, Harry Ch- Ch- uh, Chapin right. driving in my taxi? As his life <laughs> flying is flying high, getting stoned. That's right. Um, I forgot to say, you know, a movie is pretty serious when there is five horrible disintegrations of people within the first twenty minutes. Right, <laughs> yeah. five in a row in twenty minutes. Like good okay, times. Shit. Good times. <laughs> okay, that's a bit harsh, but. Uh, like like I said, a lot of great lines in Harry Canyon. The one I always remember is uh, he meets up with this girl whose father is the archaeologist who found the Loch Norm, and he takes her back to his place. And of course, they have a sex scene, and uh, it's his line is like, "This chick was going for broke, and I was giving her the stars and stripes forever." <laughs> <laughs> Those are the lines you get in it, right? They're like a Sam Spade hard-boiled noir mystery only it's heavily sexualized sucker player not i must have turned around something fierce because this dame was going for broke or maybe it was her first time with a new yorker i don't know anyway nothing can beat good old american know-how and i was given this broad the stars and stripes forever so that was the first story what was the second one? one the second one is den what you're talking about with John Candy in a right. great, great voice role. He's a nerd who uh, finds the Loch Ness as a little meteorite. He takes it home and he's fucking around with electricity and it activates the Loch Ness and he gets sucked 
this little 16 year old nerd gets sucked in this other world where he's the big den. He's this big muscular guy. And he show when he lands, he's like looking at himself and he looks down in his crotch and he goes, mm, big. <laughs> that's, a, that's right. That's and then line. he encounters like all these large breasted women yeah. and flying dinosaurs. Yeah. Well, another line he gives is, uh, and again, John Candy, a great, great performance. He's like, uh, he's doing a narration. I guess Danny's muscular and he's got a deep voice. And then he's narrating the whole thing as this nerdy kid, right? And he goes, like he said, he meets a girl who's being sacrificed because these, this king and this queen who are fighting each other, they want to have the power of the Lochnor, right? And he saves her from get, getting sacrificed. And then he he bones the queen too. And when he bones the queen, he says, 18 years of nothing and then twice in one day. What a place. <laughs> in that nerdy voice, right? <laughs> and when he meets that first girl, he rescues her and rides off into the forest. And then she's like, oh, Dan, if any part of my body pleases me, I would give it to you willingly. It's Jackie Burroughs doing the voice of this broad, right? Who's that? It's a Canadian actress. And uh, they're all Canadian, of course. And uh, she lays back and her big boobs are flopping. And he goes, in the narration, John Candy goes, she had the most beautiful eyes. (laughs) (laughs) It's all great stuff. John Candy's great. Then there's the one with the robot, the little robot, sex sex bot. Yeah, that's... uh, that's the second last one. It's called So Beautiful and So Dangerous. Where is, is there five or just? There's uh, one, two, three, four, five. There's six major ones and then there's a rapping story, mm-hmm. right? That segment at the beginning and a segment at the end. Um, so Beautiful and So Dangerous is great. Uh, these aliens take back this robot they've implanted in the Pentagon and they accidentally suck up the stenographer, who again is a big buxom, big breasted lady. No flat-chested women in heavy metal, I notice. We should do a Russ Myers episode. <laughs> That'll be good. I'd have to watch all those Russ Myers. So. Uh, Faster Pussycat, Kill, Kill. Faster Pussycat, Kill, Kill was good, but, you know, Sex, vi- sex Vixens. Mm. Su- no, su- Super Vixens, sorry. Super Vixens, that's the best one. He did a Western, too, didn't he? What was that one called? He also did Beyond the Valley of the Ultra Vixens. Right. Super Vixens is the best, though. That's the best. Talk about sex and violence. Um... Yeah, so one where they, they take this uh, girl out of the Pentagon with this robot, and then, again, John Candy is the robot on the ship, has sex <laughs> with her. And then that, in that sequence, the pilots of that ship are two stoners, and they're played by Harold Ramis and some other guy. And they're like, oh, man, I fly better when I'm stoned. They have a machine full of, they call it plutonium Nyborg. I think it's just Coke, and they like, got a machine and they're putting these lines all over the, the all ship, over the ship and then thick. yeah and then they go nose dive and then they jump into the stuff well that reminds me up. did you ever see uh modern problems with chevy chase oh yeah yeah and remember the shoot nell nell carter puts the 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 powder all around the bed to keep him contained through like witchcraft or whatever yeah and he gets up and he snorts the whole line all around the room <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Nose dive. You okay to land this thing? No problem, man. I think you're going a little high, man. It's okay, man. If there's one thing I know, it's how to drive when I'm stoned. It's like you know your perspective's fucked, so you just gotta let your hands work the controls as if you're straight.
And then you've got the Captain Stern one, which is really good. And it, it's funny that guy, Captain Stern, that character was created by Bernie Wrightson, who was the co-creator of Swamp Thing. Hmm. He was the artist, and then somebody else wrote the stories. And uh, he also had a really long relationship with Stephen King, including doing this. That's art. Can't see it. Oh, very interesting. Can't see oh. it. But you can see on the cover of the Creepshow comic, it's Bernie, Bernie Wrightson, right? He oh. did that cover. You know what's cool about this cover? I'll, this is not this is totally visually. People have the people have the cover of the Creep Show comic at home. We'll have it on the website. We'll put it up. Yeah, exactly. We'll put it up on the website. But one thing I didn't notice, I always used to think that the kid, they made him look like Stephen King, right? Right. You kind of see it. But the ghoul outside the window yeah. in the cover of the Creep Show comic, uh-huh. that's more drawn like that's supposed to be Stephen King. And that's his son Joe Hill who's sitting in the bed. Oh, look at that. <laughs> look at look at the ghoul. He looks like King. He does. Yeah. He has that crazy jaw. And it's supposed to be like glasses because King at the time wore mm-hmm. these giant glasses. Yep. You can sort of see it. So that's who uh, that's who Bernie Wrightson is. I watched uh, Swamp Thing recently. Okay. And it was great. Like, you know, it it was really surprising. If you can look past some of the, uh, like the rubber costume. Yeah. It's top-notch film. Yeah. It's got a great story, great acting. You know, it and it's a lot of fun as far as a comic book movie is concerned. That's with uh, Adrian Barbeau, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Talking about giant breasts and her friends. <laughs> Talking about giant. But, you know, boobs. she's not. She comes off like, especially maybe when you look back at it. Yep. She seemed kind of older, mm. and well, she's kind of demure. Was that the word? She's kind of not. Demure. She's not really a sex kitten. She doesn't come off as that. And even though they keep. Having her with like, uh, you know, big nipples and nipple and the, shots. And the and cameras will just be zooming in on her breasts. She doesn't come off. She comes off as like really not that. She's a scientist and very serious all the way through. Right. Yeah. But it was a great movie. So he's the co-creator of the original Swamp Thing in the 70s. And then um, uh, I think Neil Gaiman might have wrote those scripts of the new Swamp Thing. I don't know if that's what it was called, but they did a new... They rebooted the character in the eighties, I think. Uh, Swamp Thing. Yeah, yeah. They did. They rebooted it in Saga of the Swamp Thing. Yep. Which launched with the first two issues? I think were the movie. It's Alan Moore. Alan Moore. Yeah. Yeah. It might have been Neil Gaiman that wrote the scripts. I'm not sure. For what? For uh, Swamp Thing, the reboot of Swamp Thing. Oh, for the in the comics. Because that's DC, mean? right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the funny thing, too, about that Creepshow cover is that uh, you can see a kind of a Swamp Thing influence in the one segment in Creepshow where it actually has Stephen King acting. It's called The Lonely Death of Jody Verrill or something like that. And he finds a meteorite and he cracks it open and he gets shit on him and it starts mm-hmm. growing grass all over him and he yeah, en- yeah. ends up covered in grass and then he t- puts a shotgun in his mouth at the end head. and blows his head off. And that's, you kind of see a Swamp Thing influence there because all the... Swamp Thing was always had moss and shit on them, you know, living in the swamp. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a hard time staying clean. And uh, there's a great segment, too, in Heavy Metal B-17, where there's the bomber, and they're doing a World War II uh, mission, and they get really damaged. And uh, everyone else in the plane gets uh, shot up, and the co-pilot goes back to check on them, and they see the Loch Noor flying behind it, and it attacks the ship, and it brings all the dead crewmen to life. So they kill the one guy, and the pilot... A parachutes out. Probably the thing I remembered most about heavy metal when I was when I was a kid, 
I, like I said, you see, you know, you sneak in like perfect theater. They didn't give a fuck how old you were. Yeah. Like I said, I was about 12 and that's a R rated film. I'm pretty sure. I remember yeah, seeing course. private lessons <laughs> in 1980. Yeah, I was exactly. 10. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, there's a scene where he's checking on everybody and then there's the belly gun, right? And he's wondering if the guy in the belly gun is alive. So he opens it up and the, this thing grabs him, the zombie grabs him and drags him in and you hear him screaming and you see a shot from outside of the belly through the glass and you just see the guy getting chewed up. Mm-hmm. It's like as a kid, I'm like, well, I, I remember from that me. one, I still, you know, even I, you know, I always remember the skeleton in the, the sort of world war two airplane. Yeah. Yeah. Flying by. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he lands at the end. The pilot gets out. He bails out of the, sh- the plane and he lands on the island and he finds all the wreckage. And all of a sudden, all the dead pilots pull themselves up out of the wreckage and you see the skulls and shit. Skip! Something's following us! What is it? It's some, some kind of green meteorite. What? Where? So the final segment is called Tarna, and it's has the um, Lochnar fly in and land on this uh, volcano, and it erupts, and there's all, all these people that are living around the volcano, and they all get covered in this green lava. When they come up, they're like barbarians, just ravaging barbarians, and they attack the city and raise it. And the elders of the city call for a protector to come, and there's this chick who f- comes in a little too late to save them, but she avenges the death by going after the, the tribe that destroyed them. And she had the, the, the kinky boots and the, yeah, and she's the got the, exactly. Yeah. She's got the red pauldrons or whatever it is on her legs. And then she's wearing like, she's typical There's no, she's not wearing any armor. It's like you'd be in deep shit. Women are that strong. I guess they don't, they need, don't armor. need armor. They exactly. can fight in a bikini. Hey, you know what else I saw recently? What's that? The Baywatch movie on Netflix. <laughs> Speaking okay. of bikinis, right. and I have to say, it was great mm. for all the talk. It was a lot of fun. It was silly, silly comedy, right? But it's such a great homage to a show I never watched, but uh, really worth seeing. Wow, who's I, in it? It's uh, stars The Rock. Oh right, and he plays the Hasselhoff character. Yeah, is Hasselhoff in it? Uh, yeah, of course. Um, yes. But it's it's a tongue-in-cheek thing right it's funny because it's him and zach efron yeah and he's one of the he's like the the hot shot who joins the team and all the way through it's it's the rock with the other lifeguards and they're always they're like trying to solve a crime and zach efron all the way through going this is a job for the police we're fucking lifeguards we're lifeguards (laughs) like why are you doing this you know what do you want us to do just stand here? And he goes, no, I want you to call the police. <laughs> we swim. You know, it was it was fun all the way through it. it That's good, funny. Good casting. Everybody was good. But yeah, it's a great uh, sequence just for, there's not a lot of dialogue. The Tarna, the woman who's the woman warrior, she doesn't say a word of dialogue. She doesn't need to. But it's epic. It's a very, it's the most epic uh, piece in the film. Even more than Den. But uh it's great stuff. They have a lot of rotoscoping. I guess that's how they save money. They just did aerial shots and then rotoscoped painted everything. It. Just painted it. Well, yeah. most of the people, that's the same too. Right? Yeah. The whole thing. Is yeah. Rotoscoped. 
to defend. This is the pact. But when life loses its value and is taken for naught, then the pact is to avenge. I guess, though, after all the years since the movie's come out, it's kind of as dangerous as a Loch Ness is because it's, like we were saying, it's something that, you know. This is the kind of movie the only time a kid should watch is, is when they sneak it and watch it <laughs> and don't tell their parents. <laughs> yeah, And exactly. then they have questions, like me. I have questions, but I, you have no one to ask. Yeah. <laughs> This is why I only ever dated Warrior Woman, and so I married you, one. So you ask your friends. That's right. They give you uh, shitty advice, give you shitty information. That's right. But it's a good film. It is. I'd highly recommend everyone see Heavy Metal. Is that all you got, Chad? Anything else you want to cover? You know, I do this show every year where it's a parent band show. Right. my kids' school. Okay, so it's like a charity? Yeah, we raise money and we sing songs, and it's a pretty great band. Yep. And uh, every year I pick a song, or two or three, and yep. every time I pick songs, that performer dies. Yeesh. I picked a, a Tom Petty song, Tom Petty died. <laughs> picked a Bowie song, David Bowie died. Picked right. a Prince song, Prince died. Shit. This year... Who are you going to kill, Chad? I, I already did it. I picked a Cranberry song. Oh my God, are you serious? I said, you know, I was saying how Zombie by the Cranberries and Creep by the Radiohead, I think are the two best songs of the 90s. Right. And uh, yep. And that's not hard because the 90s was full of shit music. <laughs> but those are two pretty great songs. Yeah. And uh, I decided, you know, maybe I'm going to sing Zombie. Jesus Christ, that's and a tough song to literally sing. Literally a week later she died. Wow. And so, I don't know, like I'm, the parent band show is up, it's coming up, and uh, you know, I'm picking people that are already dead. Mm. I was gonna do an Ariana Grande song, but you know, she's kind of young, it's gonna be sad <laughs> to see her go so soon, right? Then uh, right. I decided to do a Who song, so it's not looking good for Roger Daltrey. Yeesh. So, if people want to like write in any suggestions of a song I should do, if you're sick of somebody, I would keep threatening to do a Drake song. <laughs> you know, and I just don't know if I can mumble that much. I don't want to talk too much shit about Drake because, you know, he's uh, a, he's our super Torontonian, like Drake at the rate he's going to, he's going he used to call me on his <laughs> They're gonna take him, and they're gonna they're gonna take the you know they're gonna take the little red maple leaf off the Toronto flag, yeah. and they're gonna put Drake's face right there. <laughs> Drake's kind of the Perry Como of uh, rappers. I guess. <laughs> he used to call me on his. <laughs> I don't even know why they call him a rapper. He doesn't yeah. rap. No, he doesn't. He just mumble sings. He's a mumbler. In like harmonics. Like it's just harmonic. <laughs> it's like, it's all like, there's no singing. It's just like harmonic sound <laughs> without moving his mouth. <laughs> he's like, he's like if Foster Brooks was a R&B singer. <laughs> hey, baby. Let's get it. Let's get it on. So today's call to action 
If there's a singer you want yeah. dead. What singer would you like to see dead? Chad That's will right. sing their I eulogy. I will select a song by he them. S- he will sing their eulogy before they die, and then they'll die right after to, to match it. That's right. And, uh, you know, you can check out previous songs on Chad Gendron YouTube channel. There you go. You want to read our sign-off, Chad? You want to play us out, Piano Cat? Be sure to subscribe, like, do all those things. Watch heavy metal. Yeah. Smoke a bowl and watch heavy metal. Good night. Good night, Lochnars. And the spirit of time is transferred across the universe to a new defender. And the power of evil is contained for another generation. And a new Terrakian is born to protect the next. <laughs>